and welcome to First First Blood, uh, <laughs> part one of our First Blood <laughs> series on diminishing returns. We're, we're going to be looking at the Rambo franchise yeah. over the next two weeks. Well, this week and next week. It's it's funny, isn't it? Not just to jump straight in. Um, oh, the names. The, the names. The, the weirdest naming convention in the history of Hollywood cinema. Yeah, just the fact that, obviously, they made the first film, it was named after the book, and, and that was that. But then Rambo became such an iconic character that now they're the Rambo films. Yeah. Well, yeah, First Blood is, you know, good name for a film. Yeah. it's uh, But it's unusually artistic. <laughs> rather than just it Rambo Rambo here shoot men <laughs> which is what the the franchise became yeah. and and so yeah like you say it went from first blood to what was it so it's it's first blood then Rambo colon first blood part 2 <laughs> then it's just Rambo 3 <laughs> And then the fourth one is just called... Oh, I can't bear it. I can't bear it. It drives me crazy. It messes with my OCD. I'm trying to be quiet until you introduce me and I can't. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) What are they doing? What are they they playing at? at They could have at least called the fourth one Rambo and spelt it (laughs) R4MBO. Do you know what? It's, It's the fault of the fast and the bleeding furious. That's what it is. (laughs) <laughs> it, it really confuses people as well. Like honestly, I've had so many conversations with people just just in the last few weeks whilst uh, I was rewatching these <clears> films, <throat> and people going, "Oh, I don't like Rambo. I watched that. Uh, I watched it, and I was like, did you watch the first one, First Blood?'" And they were like, "Well, I watched I watched Rambo, whatever that one is." And I was like, "Was he in Was he in Burma?" <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, it's the fourth one. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't think I've seen the first one though. Yeah. Uh, it it like it really confuses people. No, seriously, in the eighties, when when there were when when there were lots of sequels, it was sort of the first time really that sequels got out of hand like that. And you you know you had Rocky I, Rocky I I, Rocky I I I, and Rocky I V, and it was really simple. <laughs> and then it, it is yeah. it's the fault of the Fast and the Four Furious Fourths. I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't watch these stupid <laughs> films, but it's ridiculous. Just number them. <laughs> I agree. I agree. At least the new one is Rambo Last Blood, which does, you know, put it Ties very up. obvious where that yeah. one goes. Well, yeah, yeah but then yeah. in another ten years, when, when he does another one, Son of Rambo. I know that's already been done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's going to be Rambo Last Blood Part 2. Ram- Rambo, Rambo 6 Last Blood Part 2. Rambo 6 First Blood colon Last Blood Part 2. Uh, okay, so before we get any hey. further, let's introduce ourselves. Um... I'm Alan. Over there is my regular partner, not like that, Sol. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us this week, once again, in his capacity of living memory, it's Gareth Allen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Gareth, of course, we always bring you on for the 80s films, because that's when you were a teenager. <laughs> oh, no, yes. And, not, quite, uh, but, but not quite, I'm quite yeah. happy to be the voice of experience <laughs> amongst your callow youth. <laughs> Alan Alan loves having you on because it makes me feel young. Normally he's yeah, normally he's the old dinosaur <laughs> and I make fun of him for it. Yeah, so uh we are doing a two-week run covering the four Rambo films, uh two two in each, I guess. We're just going to record and see what happens. Uh so uh I guess the obvious place to start uh, let's start with you Gareth because you presumably saw these films before any of us. Did you see you would have been, You were too young for First Blood yeah. first time. Yeah, well, I was born in 1975, so I was what, seven when First Blood came out. So yeah, I was far too young to watch that. But I think in the late 80s, when um, I would have, I would have seen 
these films. I think I'm pretty sure I saw Ram Rambo. I get this right. Rambo: First Blood Part Two, the second one. I'm pretty sure I saw that first, yeah. and and that really fits into the pattern of those '80s one man army Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, type yeah. films. Yeah. Um, and I think I probably saw First Blood after that, and was surprised by how different it was. And, you know, the, com- the conventional wisdom is First Blood was a serious film and then they got a little bit silly, yeah. which, which I think is, is probably a reasonable, uh, reasonable position to take. But, but, but yes, the, the, second, the second one, which we're going to talk about today, is really, you know, the, the, the stereotypical Rambo film. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it was the obvious uh, how similar this is to the Rocky franchise in yes. the way it went. Now, Rocky got... The, Rocky 2, yeah. you could argue, was pretty similar to Rocky 1. Uh, but yeah, by the time Rocky Three came out, and 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 then that kind of continuation of just going into com- extremes, and then coming back twenty years later with something a little bit more. First Blood to Rocky, I, I think it is an interesting comparison. I think it's very much the yeah, the, the it's kind of the underdog side, you know, ugly step sibling, not as well respected, arguably not fairly so it's it's kind of like the indiana jones to stallone's star wars it, you know the the future armor to his simpsons um well uh, to it to just speak of stallone for for a bit like you know obviously he did rocky but the rest of his career wasn't quite taking off the way he wanted to do he did rocky 2 did and then he did rocky 3 the same year as first blood but the other stuff he was doing around really? that time I remember there was a there was a film called Fist, which was about unions or something. Yeah, and yeah. I remember that. seeing that right at the time when you know it would have been on video, but I'd just seen Rambo and I was loved all the Rocky films, and yeah. I watched this stupid drama about blue collar workers in the Midwest, and it was terrible. Well, I actually I know uh, Fist was his follow up to Rocky. That was literally a thing he did uh, afterwards, but it was written by Joe Esterhaus, uh, and in Joe Esterhaus's oh you've spoken about I've him probably to told me this before. story before you read his book yeah Joe Esterhaus has got a quite a famous autobiography which is like very much like slagging off Hollywood and stuff but in in that book he talks about writing Fist which is one of the first scripts he wrote and Sylvester Stallone kind of because he'd just written Rocky and that was his big thing he he sort of insisted on doing a pass on the script did a pass on it made very little change but then said right I have a writing credit now yeah so Joe Esterhaus he kind of was going to challenge it and they said to him look we're going to release the novelization of this script and you're going to get a big chunk of that money but and we're going to put a picture of stallone on the front and say now a major motion picture but if you don't give him a writing credit he's not going to let us use his picture so they essentially like black well bribed him i suppose or blackmailed him into letting sylvester stallone have a credit now the reason i mentioned that is because Sylvester Stallone is the co-writer on all the I Rambo am curious films. about this. I'm curious about if he's sitting in a writer's room saying, oh, yeah, yeah, then no, no, give him a bow and arrow. And that, that, that constitutes the writing. <laughs> no, well, uh, again, I, I don't think that's his doing. Uh, I want to, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll get to this later on. But I, I think he did do a bit of writing on these. Okay. Um, I'm going to well, base this purely ones. on... <laughs> Yeah, certainly the second one. Well, let's, I don't let's, know about the first one. Well, let's bear in mind, right, uh, Sylvester Stallone did write Rocky. He was Oscar-nominated for it, in fact. Exactly. He is an Oscar-nominated But it was Rocky. a heavily, heavily, heavily improvised film, Rocky. You can it's, it's clear as day to watch it that he kind of came up with a broad structure yeah. and then... 
and I they improvise and I sus- most of it. <laughs> I suspect that's what we've got in the later Rambo films. Obviously, in First Blood, it's based on a novel, so it's it's much more to it. Yes. How much Sylvester? But I, I mean, I don't know if you if you've read anything about the uh, story behind First Blood. I I did a little bit of reading on it because I was trying to figure out where it came from. Uh, but no. but it's it's based on a novel by David Morrell, which was written ten years earlier, and it yes. and it went th- yep. and it went through a sort of a bit of a production hell, just going from one hand to another, and nobody kind of could nail anyone down, uh, and and eventually came to these two guys. I can't remember their name. The two guys who were the producers of this film, uh, who were this was the first thing they produced, and then they got Stallone on board and and blah blah blah, so. It, this was a troubled production, and not not troubled ex- exactly, but it, it went. It took a long time to make this work. They changed some significant things from the novel, and crucially, the big story that that yeah. comes with it. Rambo dies in the novel. Yeah, yeah. So. Rambo dies. Not only does Rambo die, but he also kills a lot of people uh, very directly, which he does not in the first film. And uh, but one big thing was that they they shot this entire film. It was three to three and a half hours long. Stallone hated it. Really? Stallone hated it. He he thought it was going to kill his career. I mean, they were they were trying to basically buy it and to to bury it. And what they ended up doing was completely chop it in half. They took out almost all of Rambo uh, in terms of all wow. his kind of backstory and personality and stuff, and made it this really stripped down kind of bare character who barely speaks. And it works so much better. <laughs> and they literally cut it down from three hours to an hour and Definitely. a half. Definitely. One of the things I like about the film, watching it again, is that it, there's there's no there's not there's no spare time in there. It's, it, it cuts along really quickly, doesn't it? One, I mean, basically, cards on the table. I love First Blood, um, and one of the reasons I love it is the pacing is so Definitely. so tight. It, it, there's no chance to get bored with it, really. Uh, and another reason I love it is that Rambo himself is a real enigma. You get just enough of his backstory for it to work uh, completely. But you never delve into it too much. I, I can totally see how there would have been a temptation to have all these flashback sequences to him in Nam, but that would just be boring, basically. That's not what the film is, it's not what it's about. And and the brief flashes that you get, very brief flashes, I assume, probably, from the sounds of it, come from um deleted scenes perhaps things that were shot to be a lot longer yeah. i mean and and this was it was shot that wasn't a script it was shot and edited and it was ready to go and they were like no this is awful we need to do something about this and and i, I believe as far as i know it was stallone who was kind of leading that charge um rather than the producers you know so he obviously has some sense of quality control oh yeah complete. I, I think he does um i think it's often misguided but <laughs> Okay, so the book was written in 1972. This film was made in 1982. When is the film set? I just assumed it was set in 1982, but that's because it's like the old days before I was born. Tell it apart. That's yeah, the I obvious assume assumption, that. I assume yeah. That. But, it's, it's post-Vietnam, the war's over. But yeah, but the, in 1982, the war's been over for seven years. Yeah. And this guy's still drifting around? Like, I kind of, I got more the impression that he's supposed to have just been like maybe a year or so. Just got back. Which, if it was written in 1972, would make sense. Hmm. I don't get the impression that he's been drifting for that long and that there's still this kind of... this uh, feeling of uh, kind of, I don't know, resentment towards the troops, I guess, that he's getting, like, the 
I I always assumed it was just he's been drifting for years and years because I just assumed it looks like David Banner, doesn't he? He's he's, he's walking around, you know, looking yeah, for adventures. I, I never <laughs> considered an alternative, but I suppose now that you mention it, yeah, it kind of would make sense if it wasn't that long. It just doesn't quite fit that he'd been drifting for ten years, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And nothing's happened before, you know? And he's like, has he just been getting on with his life? Because what happens here? Okay, let's, well, let's, <clears throat> let's get into the, the details. Rambo, John Rambo, he's a kind of ex special services marine type guy. He's served in Vietnam, he's seen some shit. And he's just sort of not found his place back in real life yet, and he's drifting around. So he walks into this small town. <clears throat> And uh, because he's got wild long hair, and uh, 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 because he looks because he looks shaven. like a soldier, I think this is really interesting about this. That that if you think about today's veneration of the armed forces, especially mm-hmm. in America, that's totally at odds with this period, isn't it? You know, just the fact that he looks like a soldier, he looks like trouble. I always found that quite strange in this film because um, it is so completely at ends with my understanding of how the US treats its military and 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 so is that but but after Vietnam that was very much that not the case and that I think that's that's what makes this a real period piece. did they decide they loved the military as a result of how badly Rambo. they treated people well yeah I mean <laughs> I think I think the turning point was 9/11 God I, I've been on this podcast three times and we talked about 9/11 every single time <laughs> <laughs> But but you know that that really changed things. Like but but certainly in this period after Vietnam, then you know the armed forces were seen as very negatively by a wider society. Really, I think it did, I think it probably did change before nine eleven. Yes. Yeah, like uh, if you see how Rambo is presented in this film originally, he's, he's he, you can tell he's a drifter, and I think there was a lot of like yeah Vietnam vets who were just like they'd killed people and like had been traumatized and then they'd just been let loose. Mm. Um, so I think there was a lot of that going on at the time. So was that a US thing? Because obviously we have like poppies in the UK, and the, there's all the memorial thing with World War One uh, and World War Two, and and to a lesser extent the the other wars that have happened. Um, so was it a uniquely American thing that was it was it like? the military were seen as heroes by the general public and then Vietnam being the first properly televised war soured them on it and and the fact that I they I think so yeah I, I think that's lost, probably they, I think that's uh, probably a fairly simplistic read of it and I, I can't be any more complex than that but but I think I think basically that's true yeah there was a big turn against the Vietnam war as a concept like as a yeah. political construct well, yeah, and they got and the military got caught up in that as the tools of uh, of the government yeah the same's true of Iraq and Afghanistan and all those wars post 9/11 and yet the military still come out with everyone in America being thanks for your service and but that that's it i think but that's what i mean this was kind of the start of that and i think what's come out of that is like hate the war not the troops you know that's that's the that's the idea uh, right. because Everyone hated the troops, and then everyone's like, "Well, it's not their fault. They're just like whichever poor kids yeah. like can't get a job, and they just put them in the military or whatever." And like yeah. in Vietnam, they were drafted, so it was like they they had no choice, really. Yeah, yeah. Unless you uh, got a, unless you're rich and can afford to buy your way out of it. <laughs> or if you had those dreadful bone spurs like Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got flat feet. Uh, anyway, so 
So yeah, so uh, basically what happens was as soon as he walks into this town, he's obviously a drifter there. The the sheriff, Sheriff Brian Dennehy, spots him, just sees that he's going to be trouble. And I really like the Brian Dennehy character. Let me just quickly look up what the character's name was. It was some something silly. Teasel. 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 That's it. Sheriff Teasel. So I don't think I've ever seen Brian Dennehy in anything else. I think I think you can make a strong argument that Brian Dennehy's the star of this film. I I really liked him. I think I think the character's great. My only knowledge of him outside of this is in the South Park movie when. Someone say my name. Who are you? I'm Brian Dennehy. What? No, not fucking Brian Dennehy. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, bye. Well, he's one of those people who really get gets around and does a lot of stuff. I really like the way he's introduced here, the character, because, you know, he's like the happy sheriff. Hey, everybody, he knows everybody's name. In, he's not completely a total dick off the bat. He well, kind at of first, makes an effort he, to put a nice face on isn't. it. Yeah, well, he, and he's, he sees he this a, guy. He is a bit he's like he, of a dick. I, he is a bit bigoted, in a, <clears> you know, but yeah. he kind of puts a nice face on it. He's polite. It's believable that he would but, but descend that's it. into yeah. It, it's um yeah. It's like he's the he's like he's the nice face. Obviously, he's the sheriff. He probably gets elected, so obviously he's friendly to everyone. He's he knows everybody's name and all that. But then yeah, he you also kind of you do understand he's like going oh look at this guy he's going to be trouble. I'm just going to sort of like usher him gently out of town, you know. But it's like if you made this film twenty years earlier and Rambo was black. Or it might not even be about a military thing, but like, I feel like that would have the same feel to it. It's like you know. I wondered about this. I, I, it did. It did have that feel of a southern racist southern sheriff's department, yeah. didn't yeah, it? Yeah, even yeah, though yeah. it's not in the south and he's not black, but but yeah. it, it was that same sort of dynamic. That's that same f- feel. It was just yeah. I've taken one look at you, and it's just like, look, I don't. I've got no problem with you, but I just know this is going to cause trouble. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved. So get out. Yeah. And but I, I like the way I, you know I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I, I like the way that his character and the way Dan he played it. You know he sort of descends into this. Yeah, yeah. It becomes more and more bigoted and angry and and and, and you can understand because of the things that happen. Yeah, quite. Yeah. You know, it's like the motivation is there. He's in over his head, and and he, there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, yeah. and. And you know, uh, similarly though, I, I I love Rambo and how Stallone plays off him in those early scenes. I I love mm-hmm. how you know he, he's kind of belligerent in the the face of this. Yeah, guy. he's being difficult. He's not doing anything wrong, but he's just being difficult. Yeah, but that's it. But he but it's completely kind of you are sort of thing like yeah, go on Rambo, you walk back into that town, you show him, <laughs> you you exert your rights. <laughs> I also really liked, and I guess this comes down from they chopped this film in half. This is a very dynamic film. We get right into the point. We, we don't oh, have no completely. backstory for Rambo. Yeah, we get this it. setup where he gets thrown out of town, and then boom, he breaks out of prison. He's the car chase. It's like, whoa, this is right. We're in. We're done. Yeah, we're ready. I, yeah, no, I love it. If I made, I made the note without knowing any of that. <clears> one of my first notes here is just the pacing in this film is, and then all caps, fantastic, a tight ninety-three minutes. <laughs> Um, what, just just to come back to the Vietnam thing is, I, I I couldn't particularly put my finger on any other films that deal with PTSD, particularly from Vietnam. 
was was first blood like a game changer in terms of well what about the deer hunter the deer hunter's not you know it's a very different film to this but it you know it, the characters in that are clearly mentally damaged hey the deer hunter another three plus hour movie that would have massively massively benefited from being chopped mm-hmm. down yes. in three minutes that's very true and and i think i think perhaps Perhaps first, first blood is the film that the Deer Hunter might have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's I'll something for everyone that. to think about. Because <laughs> the Deer Hunter, genuinely, I mean, I yeah, we're probably never going to cover it, so I'll get into it here. The Deer Hunter is one of those films where there are amazing scenes in it. There are pieces in that film that are outstanding, but it's just interminable when you try and watch the whole yeah. three hours. Oh, that, like, oh. that wedding scene, the opening wedding scene, it's 40 minutes long. It's just like, right, look, oh we need God. to establish these guys are friends. We can do that yeah. in 10 minutes, come on. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And so in this film, it, t- it takes us, what, three <coughs> minutes before Rambo's in the police station? Yeah. That's yeah. more like it. <laughs> exactly. It's brilliant. Yeah, just in terms of filmmaking, that's a lot more, that's a lot more dynamic, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you, know, and you we, do we, get his backstory. You do know more than enough about Rambo and where enough, he's come yeah, from. Absolutely. But it's all come from uh, his superior guy who comes in later on and the little glimpses of flashbacks and that one scene at the very start where he's looking for his army buddy who's dead. And you get it. I'm jumping ahead here. But what I would really have liked at the end of this film, what would have been the the, the best ending for me is if Rambo had killed himself. And I just think it would have been a really kind of rounded ending to the character like the ultimate kind of loss of this guy and keep it light mate (laughs) do do you know how he dies in the book i I mean i don't i I haven't looked into it i just know he dies him and sheriff teasel kind of sort of go mano a mano and they both shoot each other kind of at the same time but Rambo does that knowing, he goes out there knowing full well that Teasel's going to shoot him. So he's kind of, yeah, again, he knows he's going to get killed, but he's going to get him as well. But then he kills Teasel, but he's just been wounded and he's, and he's worried he's not going to die. And then Colonel Troutman shoots him in the head. Brilliant. And kills him <laughs> to give him his kind of victorious death in battle. But also, in, well, in... I mean, we need to talk about Troutman, but I, I think Troutman is an appalling character, <laughs> an appalling human being. In the book, Colonel Troutman is not his mate who's come to try and save him. He's the person they bring in because they need someone to neutralize him. who can deal with this kind of person. Yeah. Right. So he's the person like heading up the search, and he doesn't know. He doesn't know Rambo personally, but he did train him. So like, he's like, right, we need someone who knows what this guy's right. capable of. So there's not it's not the same personal connection. So in the f- in the film, Colonel Troutman is kind of Rambo superior, but like from from the war, and and they've got some sort of like you know uh, war buddy connection, and they kind of bring him in as the person that Rambo would trust. Yeah. Well, certainly I can see that Rambo would trust him because he's been conditioned to do that. But but if if whatever problems Rambo has, whatever post traumatic stress he has. Troutman's the cause of that. Troutman's created it. He's he's not his friend. <laughs> Throughout this whole series, Troutman is the source of all his problems. Every time Troutman turns up, he's in trouble. He knows that there's another mission and there, there's no escape. You're never going to get away from me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, we, we will come back to this as we discuss these films. Troutman <laughs> is the root cause of all his pain. Yeah, but in the first film, you know... 
Clapham was just doing his job. He was training troops to send them to war. And then he gets called in because one of his men have gone has gone rogue in the woods. Yeah. So in this film, he's there for good, right? Yes, but my point is that Rambo's furious, and we get the monologue at the end we'll talk about, where, you know, all of his buddies are dead, and he killed all these people, and the the, the, the army trained him to kill, and now what is he supposed to do? Well, all, all, the army is Troutman. Troutman did all of that to him. Mm. All of the problems that he's got that have created this situation that have led to the, him being sat in this bleeding cave, that's all Troutman's doing. He was just following orders. Richard Krenner plays Troutman. It's the kind of the thing he's most well known for now. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen him career. in anything else either. Yeah, what and, else has he been in? Because I, I only know him as, as Troutman. Yeah, and whilst I, I just got I just got all heavy about Troutman, let's face it, he is quite a funny character. <laughs> oh, apparently, apparently he's in uh, he's in Hot Shots Part Two. Yeah, playing the uh, Troutman character. Rip-off character. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing. Right. Hot Shots Part Two, right? That is a that is a perfect example of how the sequels completely overshadowed this film. That was, I think, billed very much as a Rambo spoof, and it's mm. a parody of Rambo First Blood Part Two with bits of Rambo Three in it. I don't think there's yeah. any First Blood in the entire film. You know, R- Richard Krenner was brought onto this last minute, like literally a couple of days before filming started. Uh, which is why it's Richard Krenner, but uh, apparently it was Kirk Douglas who dropped out because he mm. didn't he didn't like they were changing the ending and having Rambo live and and all that and he wanted the book's ending oh. and so uh, yeah how different it could have been. Uh. <clears throat> so well, can we talk about the can we talk about the supporting cast of uh, Keystone Cops? <coughs> Sheriff Brian Dennehy has uh, yeah because I quite enjoyed them. I like I like De- young David Caruso. Yeah, yeah. Who, well, who's that, that, um, who's the one that just makes me think of Ron Howard, even though it isn't Ron Howard? That's young David Caruso. I think that's yeah. David Caruso. Yeah, yeah. I like Ginger. him. He he just he has a real Richie Cunningham vibe about him. It's not just <laughs> it's not just the ginger. It's just everything about. It. Yeah, yeah. But that that's one thing that I was missing from the film, and I suspect is something to do with all the cuts they made. That they were setting up the David Caruso character as a kind of he's the sympathetic one. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's the one who feels lost, bad. He's the young, like he's still not jaded enough to. to but he also knows. Him. He also there's there's a whilst the other the other police are very complacent with this guy. Caruso takes one look at him and he's like, this this, this guy's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah, just yeah. we we should yeah. be nice to him. It's just like Jesus, this guy is you know he gets. <laughs> He gets injured along with everyone else, though. I like that he kind of still gets caught in the crossfire. Um, just because he's the nice guy, he doesn't, you know, get away with it. But you're right, it does feel very much like a loose end. Like, that character's supposed to have a moment with him at the end where he, you know, he, he stops stops uh, Brian Dennehy from shooting a shot at him and, like, Mm. Say like stops him being killed or something. You know, it, it does feel like there's meant to be a little moment there. That, but it does it does create some conflict within the within the the group of police within the hunters, which which adds to their sense of disorganization and unable to match Rambo. It stops the police force just being completely two dimensional cartoon. Yeah, villains yeah. As yeah well. I think that's it, I think that's why I like it. It, it. it yeah, it gives some depth to the to the to the group. Yeah, because there is one kind of the real asshole cop uh, who is the deputy. Yeah, yeah. Galt is it? I think he's the the one yeah. who falls out the helicopter, basically. Yeah, the the one death in the film. <clears throat> well, he's the one who, if if this was in the fifties in Mississippi, he's the one who'd actually be the the head of the KKK in the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, basically, what what happens? Rambo gets picked up by the police. They push him too hard. They're really like, there's a bit of police brutality in the station. Basically, as they like strip and hose him down and go to shave him, they push him too far. He snaps, bit of PTSD, uh, has a flashback to Vietnam, being tortured, and runs out the station like beating up policemen on the way. Steals a motorbike, so now he's legitimately a wanted man. And the film just becomes a, a straightforward cat and mouse chase movie for the remaining hour and a bit. And I, I've really. So Saul, is the cat hunting the mouse or is the mouse hunting the cats? <laughs> <laughs> I love, I fucking love cat and mouse movies. I fucking love this kind of manhunt film dynamic. I, I've realized it, it, it. I love it in No Country for Old Men. Um, I just, I love when you just get it down to this kind of simplicity of a plot, and yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> so yeah, most of the film is just Rambo hiding in the woods, uh, die hard in a forest, send people out. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you notice, by the way, in the in the car chase, uh, when the sheriff's chasing him after on the motorbike and they kind of go into the woods and stuff, when he crashes the police car and it just sort of turns over on its roof. Yeah. Do you remember that bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how it's kind of not particularly like stunty. It just looks like they drove a thing. I think. Yeah. It's, that was that was it was an accident. It was just <laughs> they didn't mean to do it, but then they were like, "Well, we've done it now. Get Brian in the car and get him to crawl out of it," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I like because it does look yeah. kind of. It, it suits the film that it's kind of an underwhelming car crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it feels <laughs> yes. really shambolic and just like yeah. It just feels like the police fucking up, which is great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. I love so much of how this is done, though. Like the bit where he grabs that that motorbike outside the police station. It's just filmed so viscerally, and yeah, you know, you can off. tell yeah. that that's actually just Stallone grabbing a guy off a motorbike for real. It, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's just, I mean, you know, l- later on, Stallone um, is on the side of a cliff, isn't he? And he he jumps down, and you know, it's it's a guy. Jumping off a cliffside. Um, I think it was mm-hmm. actually Stallone, from what I remember. So there is years a before kind of, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. <laughs> there's a real raw energy to the film because it's so much yeah. of it does just feel like they're doing it in camera, doing it for real. I I, I did uh, to to say we could probably sum up the sort of the middle, you know, hour of the film as, you know, Rambo hides in the woods while people come and try and get him. It is very engaging and and yeah. New things keep happening, you know. It, it, it does push forward, and what and one of the crucial changes they make from the book is that in the book Rambo is just killing anybody he gets his hands on, like innocent civilians, police who are chasing him, military. Mm. He doesn't care; he's just fucking killing. And they make they and I think this was Stallone, um, basically wanted to make him more sympathetic or or, or more yeah. more um, kind of like the, you still want the audience to be with him by the end of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I um, I think it's a very, very different film to what it would be if he was just killing all these men. Um, he famously he just, he kills one person in this film, and it's a mistake. It's an accident. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's him acting in self. Not even really his fault. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's really, not really him who does it. Really, he throws a rock at a helicopter as a guy's about to shoot him to. 
disrupt him and the guy falls out of the helicopter and dies and he's you and know. the guy is literally trying to murder him with a gun at the time so even if he did do it deliberately it so it's so it's both an accident and self-defense yeah. <laughs> in tandem um and you know I, I totally can see how this was conceived of as always oh, he's, he's a, an unstoppable killing machine and they've you know it's it's frankenstein isn't it, it it's they yeah. we've created this monster, created monster and now he's unleashed upon us because we haven't treated him properly and uh, but, but it's just you can't you can't have a protagonist who's sympathetic who just kills yeah. people well unless they're vietnamese which we'll see in the sequel the, the way in the in the book like he just goes out he's just he's absolutely mental and he's killing everyone and he he has to be killed he has to be but it's kind of a comment on it's not really a personal story it's more about look this is what your army is producing these sort of people and the post-traumatic stress and this is yeah. the only way to stop them kind of thing that's how mad it is uh, but to make him more sympathetic if you want to have him live at the end i think that's crucial which is why i, I would have liked a suicide ending i think that would have been the kind of the neat wrap up where we do feel sorry for him and then it's this very tragic ending because the ending as it stands if we just jump right to the very end is he basically gives himself in uh, and we don't know what happens to him at that point or we don't know what's going to happen to him and it just feels a little bit kind of flat or anticlimactic somehow there was a there's a moment where he cuts his arm like as he falls off a yeah, tree yeah. or something, whatever. But he's mm. stitching up his arm. He's stitching it up himself, and it's like it's all bleeding. It's like oh, this is great effects work. That looks like yeah, a real yeah. arm. It was just I just really impressed by that very simple kind of practical mm. effects. At the that I've always worked. been really impressed with that shot. It, it, yeah, because I genuinely can't see what, how they're doing. It's it's the best self surgery scene I can think <laughs> of where someone has to perform a little operation on themselves and that's What about in Predator when they he like cauterizes it with acid or whatever he does? <laughs> the alien I think you're forgetting I think you're forgetting Terminator with the um I'm not wrist forgetting operation. Terminator. I like this one more. <laughs> what about Total Recall where he pulls that thing out of his nose? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, while we're talking about the stitching up of the arm, one, let, let's talk about knives now. Because yeah. <laughs> he gets the, he has that sort of suture kit and he has a compass and he has everything in this lovely knife that he carries around with him. Yeah. And there is there is nothing in the current discourse that makes me feel more old than knife crime. Like we talk <laughs> about knife crime. When I was a kid, everybody had a knife. It was fine. Everybody had a pen knife. There was one kid at my school who had a Rambo knife. He had a knife that looked exactly like Rambo's. Same size, <laughs> blade, blood channels, all of that business. Like, blood channels. Like, what do you need that for? As if you're going to go out hunting rabbits. And, and that was all right. He was nine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just well, what we did in the 80s. I, I was just about to say, I, I remember an incident at high school. Um, I remember back in my high school when a friend of mine who was being bullied by this kid uh, brought a, a, a knife in to shit him up and then <laughs> panicked and threw it in a dustbin first thing in the morning because he sort of realised the extent to which he you know, he'd brought a knife into school. That was serious. <laughs> and uh, we had a look in the bin and it was a bread knife. Well, yeah. you can do some damage with a bread knife. Yeah, yeah. I had a crap pen knife, but that was more because my mum wouldn't buy me anything. I mean, I, I I had a, I had a, you know, a proper Swiss Army knife pen knife. That was for, that was for going out and doing the, you know, whittling cub camp and stuff. That was. For... I, I I had a pen knife, like a big fucking blade on it, and it was. I bought it. I bought it on a cub scout, probably scouts, not cubs. Yeah, on a scout camp. 
and that was like, oh yeah, you can buy that. You can use that for scouting. And it's like, that was perfectly fine. But it was a big old, like, four-inch blade on it. And to be honest, I was more interested in, like, look, it's got a magnifying glass. So, (laughs) what else aren't you allowed to do anymore, eh? (laughs) Conkers. You can't, you're not allowed to do conkers anymore in case it goes dry. <laughs> can't do anything these days. <laughs> well, Gareth, Gareth, you have a you have a child. You have a what thirteen year old son. So mm-hmm. I guess you have a more direct comparison. Like we're we're not in touch with the kids. Well, I'm not in touch with the kids. He hasn't spoken to me for two years. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're not walking around with knives. I do know that much. <laughs> That seems to have become a, a relatively taboo in recent years. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'm not bemoaning that, oh, back in the old days we could go out whittling. I think it's all right. I think I'm fine without them carrying knives around. Don't, don't worry, because I think it's a European law that you're not allowed knives, so we'll be all right soon. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's jump back into the film. Um, can Shall we jump to the end where we where let's jump to where that he and Troutman finally kind of get together we get Rocky's only dialogue of the film basically <laughs> the only time he says more than four words pretty famous monologue that he does yeah Sol do you want to have a go at it just uh, <laughs> remind us I know the Jimmy Jimmy had no legs. Jimmy didn't come up. He didn't have no legs. So I'm just looking at my notes here. While he was making that monologue, I've written three things. Number one, Stallone is using his acting. Number two, this is a perfect example of post-traumatic stress. Number three, Troutman has fucking nothing to offer this guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, talking about Stallone, right? I, I, I think he is underrated as a an artist. Um, and I, mm. I think the Rambo sequels have done a lot of that <laughs> to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I think he is a legitimately good actor, and I think that's on show throughout this film. He he can tap into it when he wants to, and I, I think he does have some very good creative instincts that, again, are, are, are on show in this film. I think he does a great job with this monologue, yeah. actually. I mean, we're sort of joking about it, but but it, yeah. it is a really it is a really good dramatisation of, of PTSD. Exactly. And it's, it's the one point in the film where he kind of does have to do some heavy lifting in terms of acting. But, you know, th- throughout the film, there's a lot of sequences where he's just carrying it. He's carrying the screen. You know, it's just him. It's a one-man show for much of, of the film. And, you know, he, he he does it. And he's got very expressive eyes. He He does a lot without saying very much. I think he brings a hell of a lot to this film. Not to mention the the Tom Cruise-esque uh, willingness to to suffer for his art. Um, apparently he, he broke a rib filming that stunt that I mentioned earlier, where he jumped off the the cliffside and mm-hmm. landed in all the trees and everything. So, it, you know, he's... I read that in, uh, in, the, in the catering he would only eat things that would make a billy goat puke. <laughs> <laughs> that, was just, that was one of my favourite lines. We used to say that in the school playground. <laughs> oh, things are different back then. <laughs> do you remember when videos came out, Gareth? Yeah, I do. Well, it's I, I have one more note about the first film, if uh, if we're still on it, which is just the soundtrack. The music is incredible to First Blood. <laughs> Thank you. 
I think it has one of the finest film scores ever written. Um, the main theme, it's it's not a particularly famous film theme, but I don't know why. I, I think it's some really wonderful, beautiful music. Um, I'd, I'd take it over the Rocky soundtrack, certainly. Uh, what about the end the, song? The, the over sat, the I was going to say the, the the one the one thing that <laughs> that undermines it. <laughs> the one thing that completely undermines it is when someone starts singing over the top of the main theme at the very end, and that that, that is really just embarrassing. It's a long road when you're on your own, and it hurts when they tear your dreams apart. And every it is awful, isn't it? <laughs> it's a long road. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> the lyrics as well. Fuck me. When you're on your own, it's ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, but the actual film score is incredible. Should we rate that one? Yeah. <clears throat> I I did enjoy First Blood. Uh, I think it's got a lot to offer. It it, it reminded me of Rocky and that kind of like uh, the cultural idea of what Rambo is. You actually go back to the beginning and go, oh, this is actually very good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I give it a good solid seven. Okay. Well, I, I, I think... Um... I'm giving it an eight, and uh, but I think it's a high eight. I, I I think it's a great film. I think the acting's really good. I think Brian Dennehy's really good in it. But most of all, the the pacing it's just it just flew along. Mm. It was you know it was yeah. really a really entertaining ninety minutes. <laughs> you know, I was I was on the at the edge of my seat. I I think it's a real shame that the sequels to this film exist because they really have tainted yes. people's opinions of it. That's um, very true. I, I've spoken before about the early days of IMDb back when I joined. Uh, God knows how long ago now, probably like the early two thousands. And I remember first discovering First Blood, Rambo, um, probably being more aware of it from the the cultural significance the sequels had had. Um, I remember looking up First Blood on IMDb, and it had about six out of ten at the time. And uh, it's one of these films that really has been reevaluated. I think as more people have come to it and. Because I think people just remembered it as, oh yeah, stupid Rambo blowing stuff up. Um, it now has 7.7 on IMDb, so it's a significant jump up over the last few years. And uh, I, I've been part of that. I love this film. It was a very um, formative film for me as well, I think. It was one of the first films I discovered when I was really getting into cinema um, that I really clicked with and connected with uh, as a teenager. So... Uh, it's kind of weird, really, to think that I think most people have this as like a childhood, like like Gareth was saying, you know, watching them on VHS and so on. But for me, it was very much, yeah, I'm getting into cinema. What are the, the culturally significant classic films out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, for me, it is a, and I, I will admit this is a very generous score, um, but for me, it is a nine out of ten. Well, very good. Uh, didn't expect that. 
Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So based on the success of that, <clears throat> uh, they decided to make a sequel. And this time, uh, we didn't have to worry about any pesky novels giving us plot points. Just good old Sylvester Stallone's ideas. And well, apparently... James Cameron. James Cameron. Well, it, it's credited as a story by Kevin Jara. So obviously someone else... Yeah. That must have been a previous script. Yeah, and I they obviously so. changed enough that he just got a story credit. But yeah, James Cameron is a credited screenplay writer on this. You can see some of his DNA in here. I um I, Going back to what you were saying before, you were hinting at the idea that Stallone doesn't really do any writing on these films that he's credited mm-hmm. for. I think this film proves that he does, because yeah. James Cameron, I think, has really distanced himself from this film. He said it was really changed from his script that he turned in. And I can believe it, because... It's not a particularly good script, <laughs> and um, James Cameron's a very solid, dependable writer, I think. He makes well, very good blockbuster films, and uh, I I think Stallone made a lot of changes to his script, and yeah. And no one was there to stop him. I, I had a little look at James Cameron's writing CV, and this is pretty much the only thing I can find that he wasn't otherwise involved in, either as like a director or... A producer, do you know what I mean? Like he, he was just a hired gun writer, and obviously yeah. this is before. Yeah, he was. Um, well, actually, it's the, this is the year after Terminator, but presumably it was written. Bear in mind that in terms of Stallone's career here in the eighties, we'd already we'd already got past Rocky three, um, and so in terms of what Stallone was doing, we had well and truly jumped that shark. So perhaps not surprising that we go straight into. Rambo craziness. I mean, look at the poster on IMDb here. <laughs> it's a shirtless Stallone, like glistening, rippling muscles, holding a fucking rocket launcher. That's what you think of when you think of Rambo. I think that yeah, is a cultural is. concept of what Rambo is. And, and it's the first bizarre, blood is completely buried by Rambo. Yeah, and I, I think that's very strange because this film, I would say, is more culturally significant than First Blood. It's not as good, certainly. Should we should we play a little game here? Okay. Yes, please. Higher or lower with the body count. So first blood, <laughs> first blood. One person dies. It's an accident, right? Higher or lower, guys? First blood part higher. two. Higher. 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 Uh, do, do you want to do you want to uh, take a guess as to uh, how many people die in this film? How, how Ram- we define this? Is, is it actual kill- that we see on screen? People killed by Rambo's hand. Do you mean literally by his hand, or you know he shoots them? Or... No, no, he 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 is <laughs> responsible for killing them. Th- Thirty or forty? Ooh, no, this first, one, this second one. Um, I will go with seventeen. Gareth is closest. Uh, the correct number is apparently seventy-five. Whoa! <laughs> but it's okay because they're not Americans. It's fine. <laughs> 75 oh people. And that's not counting people killed by the villains and so on. See, I, I obviously I've watched all these films the last week, when, and not to get too far ahead, but I knew he kills a lot of people in some of these films, but I thought, I, I couldn't remember which ones are which, although I can't have got well, that bad that quickly, surely. So 75 is how many people die in this film. So that off the bat, that tells you this is a very, very, very different um, film to First Blood. <laughs> Yes. So what, right up front, we have uh, we have 
I was just talking about how wonderful and beautiful the music is in the first film. Up front here, we have a hilariously shitty um, sort of quote-unquote oriental version of the theme music. Bling, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I expect better from Jerry Goldsmith, I think, who was still doing the music here. Um, I get what he was going for, but it is not good. <laughs> yeah, it, so we, we start off with uh, Rambo is in prison for all that killing. Rock breaking, like like you, like you assume civilised countries wouldn't do anymore. Just breaking rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, bear in mind, it's the American prison system. It's very yeah. different. It's all run for profit. Somebody's got to break those rocks. Cheaper to get prisoners to break rocks than to do it with a machine. Someone's got to break those rocks, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we we need broken rocks. They're in short (laughs) supply. We need need loads of broken rocks. Do you like having your driveway graveled? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You need them at the bottom of your fish tank. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, he's in prison and Troutman turns up. Uh, And what does that mean, Gareth, when Troutman turns up? It means Rambo's in trouble. <laughs> Troutman says to him, Troutman says to him, you can't possibly want to stay here for another five years. Well, uh, well, uh, ask me again in two hours. Because, <laughs> because what's about to happen is far worse. <laughs> oh, but we need you. America needs you. Right, so on you come. He's just a beast of burden. Troutman's using him. I hate it. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> um, but he's yeah. giving him a chance to get out of prison, you know. Plus, it's, this is a simple reconnaissance mission, you know? Yeah, save his fellow men, his fellow army men. He doesn't have to go in there killing people. He just needs to go and take some photos and show that there's no prisoners of war left. <laughs> yeah, just just nip back to Vietnam, the source of all your mental anguish. It'll be fine. But this is, this is a... Okay, this is another thing I mentioned in the first film about the dates. Were there prisoners of war in Vietnam in 1985? Well, this was a... Th- I'm not sure what the time scale, but this was a thing in, in American politics during, well, it was the 80s, but I couldn't tell you exactly when, where there was a, it, it became quite a debate. Were there any, any American soldiers left out there? And they were negotiating with the Vietnamese government to try and find these people. Yeah. And, and I think this film makes a point of, you know, this being an extreme case. They're kind of like, can you believe there are still these people out there still? That's insane. Mm. I don't know, does it? I, well, maybe I'm confusing it. I, I, um, I rewatched this film. It, it kind of washed over me. I don't remember it in much detail. <laughs> um, I just got back from holiday uh, two days ago, and holiday is basically the only time I ever do any reading. So I, I haven't, I, I still haven't read the diary of Anne Frank or um, <laughs> Tolstoy. Or anything, but I have now read the novelization of Rambo First Blood Part Two, <laughs> written by David Morrill, uh, best-selling author of First Blood, and mm-hmm. it was illuminating. I have to say, <laughs> because I I feel like I have a real insight into David Morrill as a person. <laughs> he is fucking obsessed with weapons. I think he's autistic. Yes. <laughs> I think his specialist subject is weapons. Yeah. 
Honest to God, it is insane. There, it's just there's right. Can I read you some of this author's note at the start of the book? Yeah. Okay, so he says in my novel, First Blood, Rambo died in the films he lives. Blah 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 blah. Thanks to so and so. Blah blah blah. All this sort of stuff. Then about halfway down the page. The knife was created by Jimmy Lyle, the Arkansas knifesmith, blah, 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 blah. Goes on about the knife, the now famous knife. Goes down a bit. The bow was created, blah, 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 blah. He says, the weapons described in this book and used in the film Rambo exist. They are functional. More, they are works of art. And then it's just going on and on about all the weapons and where they've come from, who's who provided them. Well, Saul, then- can I... Yeah. Can I? Can I, I? I've believe it or not, I have also read the novelization of Rainbow <laughs> First Blood Part well, Two. I, I, I assume for you, what a waste I assume, of life. I, I assume so. For me, it was like a funny hipster ironic thing to do, laughing about the olden <laughs> days. I assume for you, it was because like you didn't have a video player because it was the eighties and VHS didn't exist yet. I read it when I was at school, and. Because, because yeah, because I couldn't see the film, so the book was the next best thing. Yeah. And I've got this memory of being in English class at school where, where we were supposed to be reading some work of literature, and the English teacher catching me reading the novelisation of <laughs> and giving me a public dressing down that was so embarrassing that I remember literally nothing else about her class. And I was, a, she was, in, I was in her class for two years. That's all I remember about her teaching me. So... But why, why this why this chimed with me is I hadn't seen this film for years and I watched it this week and I was really amazed at how little detail there was about the weapons. I, I'd got in my memory that we'd spent ages looking <laughs> yeah. at this bow and arrow and this knife and it's it, obviously it's... from the book. It was obviously from the... Now you've just said all of that. That's why I had that level of detail in my memory. It is insane. I'm like, honest to God. So there's a, there is literally... Basically, an entire chapter dedicated to the history of the bow and arrow. And <laughs> this is my memory of it. And in the film, it's not even mentioned. He just starts yeah. shooting bows and arrows. I was like, and, well, hang on a minute. We need a bit of backstory for the bow and arrow. Yeah, it goes. It, it's the chapter starts the arrows, the bow. Then it talks about Rambo's half Navajo. Am I saying that right? Ancestry. Navajo. Uh, Navajo. Navajo. There you go. Because uh, he learned to be an expert archer. Blah 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 blah. And it goes on and on about the history of archery and and how it's a beautiful weapon and blah 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 blah. And then it starts to go about it starts to go on about the specific bow that Rambo uses and how it uses little uh, eccentric wheels on the ends that uh, string the string on and 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 how that allows for a distribution of tension. That blah blah blah. Oh, and then on page ninety eight, he's done a little drawing of the bow. <laughs> <laughs> There's an actual illustration of the fucking weapon that Rambo the uses, compound just so bow. you know what he's talking about. There's no other pictures in this entire book, and it is, honest to God, it's bizarre, and it's throughout the entire book. I, I left the bookmark in uh, one chapter, just so so at the very end, towards the, the climax, it's going on about Rambo killing these people, and uh, it, it's him in the helicopter... And and then it starts going on about the bows and arrows again. His arrows had another feature. Besides their all-black colour, their plastic veins, their strong yet lightweight alu- <laughs> aluminium shafts, and their wide four-bladed serrated copper head, ripper tips, they wait, were hollow. Wait, wait a minute. Veins, shafts, tips? Right. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, there there is some weird... <laughs> so, when you were watching this film, did you start wondering about Rambo's sex life? Uh, No. <laughs> 
Well, admittedly, I did. I did start wondering, like, hmm, he, he seems like a weirdly asexual being. I wonder if he ever, like, wanks off to, to you know, <laughs> avoid this. The book the book goes into it. Oh. Uh, appar- apparently, he's uh, incapable of, uh, you know, closeness, intimacy, because there's a whole thing with uh, Ko being yeah. set up as a kind of romantic interest uh, yeah. in the book. The, the book tells you... Occasionally, Rambo has wet dreams. Uh, very occasionally, he masturbates. Now, I kind of thought, well, fair enough, it's just addressing this. But then later on, they uh, there's the electrocution sequence, and uh, it, it makes sure to tell you that the, uh, the Russian-Soviet guy who gets electrocuted by Rambo, it makes sure to tell you that as he's being electrocuted, he gets an erection and then he ejaculates, which <laughs> seemed, like, seemed like an unnecessary detail to... Include so this author. He's a I'm funny... embarrassed to admit this, but I I remember that from the book. <laughs> really striking detail. I'd forgotten it again until you just brought it up. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I recall that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it is it is just fascinating. It is this whole bit is just pages of he set an arrow onto the bow, drew the string back to its full thirty inch extension, and felt the wheels at the end of each bow limb roll over to adjust the pressure, reducing his effort from one hundred pounds to fifty as he aimed at one of the trucks on the road beyond the field. Canal, it's, I'm hard. It, it's, it's so weird. It is so fucking weird. So I kind of want to uh, read First Blood because I reckon it's just going to be long lists of all the weapons Rambo's using and like detailed <laughs> descriptions of him like ejaculating while he kills people. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's remarkable that they got First Blood out of a book by this guy. He, he seems absolutely insane. But I, I must say, um, I preferred. You know, you know, they say the book's always better than the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I preferred the book here, uh, oh, yeah. and I'll 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 tell you why. Uh, it's almost entirely because it it walks you through each step of Rambo's plan. So, in the film, it's just like Rambo jumps out, guns blazing, shooting things up. But in this, it's like a detailed. He waited for so and so to come here. It, it, it like explains every little thing as like a trap, like an elaborate uh, bit of tactics being deployed, and it, it just makes it play very differently when mm. you kind of have it not happening in real time. When it's yeah. um, when you hear inside his head, uh, there, there's the bit with the helicopters, and um, does he is that still in the film? I can't even remember where he shoots a flare at the side of the. The forest, uh, the jungle, to make it look like the helicopters crashed. I don't think that was in no, the film, was no, it? No, I don't think so. So, for example, there's a bit where he's um, he takes control of the helicopter, and then he's up against another helicopter that's much more uh, of a war machine. Will destroy his helicopter, so he shoots the flare against the side of the the um, jungle, so it looks as though he's crashed then waits a few seconds for the other helicopter to like come over and investigate and then like lifts up and shoots whilst the pilot's distracted. It's just things like that are far more in line with first blood and like, oh he's laying a trap, he's lying and waiting. Yeah. Uh whereas to watch Rambo First Blood Part Two, it is just machine gun, kill everyone, blood. So uh Yeah. 
I have yeah. loads of these novelizations. I might start reading them more for for this podcast. <clears> I've got loads of them. I've got I've got Back to the Future Part Two. I've got I've got the novelization of Blade Runner, which is somehow different to Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah, I've got a little collection. Do they still going. do novelizations, or is that a thing of the past? They they do, but I think it's far less of a. My understanding is these were like big business in the eighties. I bet the Star Wars films have got novelizations. Hey, Rambo in in the novelization of First Blood Part Two, he uh, he has a chat with all the prisoners of war in the helicopter when he's flying them to safety, and he's like, "You guys, you gotta you gotta see this movie Star Wars. You're gonna want to <laughs> see it six times." <laughs> it's uh... relatability. <laughs> yeah. So so they address the passage of time that. Uh, that you were on about, Alan. They make a big thing out of how long they've been gone. So I think when I was saying the film addresses that it's an unusual amount of time they've been gone, I think I'm remembering the book, not the film. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I'll just bring this up now. We haven't mentioned the director of the first film or the second film. And that's because they're basically not very well known. <laughs> they haven't done a lot of other stuff. Yeah. The third film is again another, another one. And then the fourth one was... Uh, Stallone, Stallone himself. Yeah. I was just going to say, is this because Stallone runs the show himself? I guess so. Although the guy who directed Rambo First Blood Part 2 also directed Cobra um, after. so Well, same principle. Yeah, I think Cobra, one. by the time Cobra came around, Stallone was probably, you know, he had the muscle to run the show himself, didn't he? Well, Cobra yeah. was the year after First Blood Part 2. But that was, Cobra was Stallone at his height. That was... That was him being Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> you know, he, well, that was Rambo as a policeman. You know, it was the same character, really. Yeah. yeah. There is a woman in this film, which there was not in the first one. James Cameron, almost certainly James Cameron's doing this character. Yeah. No, but if you look at those, if you look at the, you know, we said earlier, this, this film's the a prime example of those one-man army films. There's usually a female uh, character in those films, and, and they're always... There are always actresses who've never gone on to do anything else. You look at all those Arnold Schwarzenegger films. There's always a a maiden that he has to save, yeah. and you know until Total Recall when it's Sharon Stone. Not nothing ever nothing ever came of any of those careers. So uh, yeah, so we haven't really actually figured out what the plot of this is. Yeah, so he gets sent in to some Vietnam uh, area to find out if they've still got prisoners of war, but the people sending him. It's the camp he was in, in in Vietnam when he himself was a prisoner of war. Was it? That's why Rambo's the person to go in, because he knows the lay of the land. He escaped from it before. So the, the people sending him are immediately a little bit suspect. Uh, we've got that bloke who always plays dodgy authority figures. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Charles Napier. Charles so Napier. He, he actually looks like Brian Dennehy, which is quite a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got, you've got the baddie off of Karate Kid, which is nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> some dodgy looking 80s characters <laughs> and we immediately sense there's something a bit dodgy with him Ram- Rambo sees through them he knows something there's something else going on here which which is basically what 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 it transpires is they don't want to find people they just want to go through the process so they can go yeah there's nobody there we don't have to spend lots of money on this and yeah. I did I did up thinking you know he's got a point when this guy sort of tries to explain his position He's saying, like, why should we spend, like, millions of dollars ransom money to save these people? And it's like, yeah, if they'd been shot and died, no one would have given a second thought. Because they're prisoners of war, they become a problem. 
Um, and I thought that was quite an interesting thing. It doesn't get explored very much, but, you know. Mm. There's this opening scene where, where they're in the the flashing high-tech computer room oh. with all the lights and the, the little plooping noises behind them. Well, I did I did also notice in that scene, because we see this in Rocky as well, Rocky Four, I think it is, but why does Sylvester Stallone hate 80s computers so much and technology? <laughs> <laughs> Because well, and, and when paired with the Russians, Alan, they exactly. become a problem. But that's exactly the same message, isn't it? That, oh, you modern types with your computers! I've just got a knife and a compass, and a I'll bow and arrow. Progress, yeah. isn't it? Progress. Bow and so arrow Mr. versus Stallone does machine not gun. like progress. <laughs> he is inherently conservative. I think it's a specific Stallone thing, because <laughs> at the end of this film, he shoots all the computers. <laughs> You know what's wrong with computers? <laughs> what's, you know, let's provide him more information. What's wrong with that? <laughs> so, yeah, he doesn't like technology. I don't know how you could do a sequel to First Blood that retains the DNA of what that film is. Well, well, you can't, and, and you shouldn't. They should yeah, exactly, have. exactly. And I, I kind of get this is the next logical thing to do with that character if you have to do something with him but just how they approach it like i say the book approaches it in a kind of much more of a cat and mouse way with him laying traps and so on and i just find it very curious that the the filmmakers clearly had such a lack of understanding about what made the first film work because my guess is james cameron's version of the script probably scripts before that approached it from that same kind of way well look we're getting lots of this cat and mouse kind of stuff in here it's just a new location it's just not shot like that it's shot like these arnie movies from the 80s it's it's just like gung-ho action nonsense and and it's a real shame but yeah like you say i I don't think i don't think you could make a good sequel to first blood (laughs) basically (laughs) Well, that's what I mean. I, that's what I was saying. I think it should have an end, a real closed ending where he dies. And uh, but, I mean, wh- why would you make Rambo: First Blood Part Two for money? I suppose. Why wouldn't you just call it Second Blood? Because <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> or Rambo: Second Blood. Because <laughs> Second Blood is not a thing. That's why. So. <laughs> Neither is. 102 Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> so Rambo goes into the jungle. He meets up with uh, a Vietnamese woman. Um, and then they, they're supposed to just go and do a bit of reconnaissance. But obviously he finds some people and he has to rescue them. Uh, so then when he comes to try and get them off, the, the guys who are supposed to be helping him abandon him. That's when he knows for sure it's all been a big setup. 
It's all a bit very dodgy. Troutman's not happy about it, but doesn't really do anything. So then it's then it becomes about he has to just kill everybody, right? Because he gets taken prisoner. Yes. And yes, the Vietnamese take him prisoner, but they're just the lackeys of the Russians. Uh, now we see the real power behind the throne. And of course, it's an 80s film, so the Russian is played by Stephen Burkoff. Of course. We've already seen who, him do this. Tw- who we covered in Beverly Hills Cop. We, we've covered him in Beverly Hills Cop. He was also in Octopussy, where we did that, playing a Russian. Um, so we, we've had him a few times as a Russian on, on the show. Well, I, I don't want to repeat what I said um, when we talked about Beverly Hills Cop, but, you know, Steve Burkoff is... Uh, Classically trained actor, great theatrical uh, actor, but uh, every time I see him in a film, he's rubbish. <laughs> he seems his his range appears to be staring. <laughs> That's how he uses his acting, intimidatingly staring, and he does that very well. But that seems to be it. Mm, yeah. Maybe his maybe his leer is excellent. I wouldn't know. Mm. And that sets it up, doesn't it? So from that point, that's when he starts to escape because obviously the, the big henchman goes to hit him and Rambo fights back and the escape begins here. Yeah. That's when the action starts. And then he gets back, really, and then they have this crap scene where the Vietnamese woman says she, she wants to be with him so that she can get out of Vietnam. He seems to believe it. And then she gets immediately killed. Very weak stuff. Um... <laughs> He gets fined to prisoners. He tries to get them out. That's incredibly dismissive. <laughs> Correctly, very weak stuff. I'm disappointed, Gareth, that you're not a big fan of this because I I know people who love these films and swear no, by. I, I think that when I was when I was 12, I probably loved it, but yeah. I'm not 12 anymore, Sol. Well, no, that's it. But I, I was kind of hoping you were one of these people who, you know would just let nostalgia blindsight them so I could be like, no, you're wrong. No, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. It sounds I, like I, we're all in agreement. That's but this is interesting because I, I've got films. I, I will watch Commando every time it's on the telly and I love that film. And it's rubbish. I know it's rubbish, but I am nostalgia blind for those early Arnie films. Yeah. But this didn't hold up for me. I, I haven't watched this film for 20 years, but, but it was yeah. it was rubbish. I did not enjoy it. Can we just talk about the... The escape and it's such a great action sequence. You know, there's there's all sorts of classic stuff going on. You know, he does the Arnie and Predator hide in the mud thing, yeah. leaps out on someone. I enjoyed that. Yeah. There's a lot of bow and arrow death, including the sh- explosive tipped arrow shooting into the Vietnamese hey, yeah. general, <laughs> exploding it, it, him. That's great fun. It is basically Hawkeye before that was somehow enough of a, a talent to be considered a superhero. Yeah, I mean, there, there's um. There's a very, very strong argument I've I've heard laid out before that these these eighties action movies, the Arnie and Stallone movies that were so big there were were what morphed into the modern superhero movie because it is it's, mm. it's one yeah, one man against the world who's capable of taking on an army and winning and arguably making them literal superheroes is just what you know. Making sure. it more, more believable, uh, sort of <laughs> counterintuitively, but yeah, there, really there, there's very, very, very um, clear line from this film to to the likes of Hawkeye and and uh, whoever the DC equivalent is, the bow and arrow man, because because Rambo is basically supernaturally good with a bow and arrow. 
Yeah. He just points it at someone and it always hits the target and he has little gadgets on the tips to blow stuff up when he wants to do that and yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a that's a really good analogy because the 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 film does suffer from any sort of logical scrutiny at all. You know, there's no way any of this could possibly happen. And you suspend your disbelief. That, that's fair enough. But yes, if, if you've got a, an invulnerability or a, a big iron costume that, that means you can't get shot, then that, that yeah. makes it more believable. As you say, that, that's counterintuitive. But yes, that's true. Very true. Uh, okay, so ratings? Uh, I give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it a five as well. Well, I've given it a three, Oof. which is a shame. Yeah. I, I do think that it's, as I say, it's far worse than my memory of it. And perhaps my memory of it is now, it seems a little unfair because I'm comparing it to my memory of the book as well. Nevertheless, it is objectively a rubbish film and it's three out of ten. I, I would give the book six out of ten for <laughs> comparison's sake. The book gets quite engaging and fun near the end. Once he's like running around laying all these traps and things, the book actually gets pretty good, but it, it, there's so much just like bullshit with, oh, before we go, before we go, did you know there was a Rambo animated series? Shut up. Oh, I did hear this, but I don't know anything of it. Have you watched any of it? Uh, no, I've seen clips and like the opening sequence. From the canyons of skyscrapers to the canyons of remote mountain peaks, Liberty's champion is unstoppable. known as Turbo, and the master of disguises named Cat, the honor-bound protector of the innocent, Rambo, the force of freedom. There was a weird spate in the 80s of adapting franchises that were not remotely appropriate for children <laughs> into children's cartoons, and uh, I think everyone was kind of going, look, we know kids aren't watch like, shouldn't be watching this, but they obviously are. <laughs> My God, I am looking at this on IMDb. Yeah. So there was there was incredible. a Robocop cartoon. There was a an Attack of the Killer Tomatoes cartoon. There were loads of these things. And famously, there was Rambo, the Force of Freedom. The Force of Freedom. That really sums up American foreign policy very well. Yeah. <laughs> 65 episodes produced, I think, basically all back-to-back after like a five-episode pilot run. Uh, my understanding is they pretty much regretted the decision to produce that many episodes, couldn't sell it anywhere, but you know they got so far into production that they just had to kind of complete it all. Um, and yeah, it's about Rambo and his, his uh, special force of freedom going <laughs> up against the terrorist organization, and this is an acronym, SAVAGE. Do you want to <laughs> okay. guess, not, not guess what that stands for? Definitely not Spectre. Uh, hang on, that's those are the bad guys. Savage. Yeah, the bad guys. Savage. Ooh. V's got to be violent or violent. Mm. Is American or other words? No. Special. So it's going to be yeah. They it's going to be their it's their name for themselves. So it's something they think specialist. Uh, archery. <laughs> Artillery. No, no specialist. Specialist administrators of vengeance, anarchy, and global extortion. Brilliant. <laughs> they really weren't shy about what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo doesn't sound anything like Stallone. Put it that way. Next time, eat a rat. 
don't work for one. Very odd. So yeah, that's so that's it for this week. We're gonna do the next two films in the Rambo series next week. Uh, so please join us again. Uh, but uh, for now, uh, that's it, isn't it? Um, rate and review us on iTunes. We haven't said that for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, shit, do that. Um, if you do enjoy the show, do come back next week for the for the other Rambo episodes. And if you enjoy the show in general, please do rate and review us on iTunes. It, it just helps. Uh, publicizes a little bit and uh, helps other people find us of course tell a friend uh, recommend us yeah. word of mouth is the best way to uh, to get spread the yeah. podcast isn't it yeah. so uh, and if you really love us we've got a patreon oh yeah and we will we'll be covering rambo last blood on it yes when we, we get will. around to seeing that uh but yeah we, we do all sorts of little mini mini episodes diminisodes and shit so yeah patreon.com yeah, forward slash dim returns one dollar a month uh, and you get quite a lot. Diminishing Returns loves you as much as you love it. <laughs> so come back next week and find out if the body count is higher or lower <laughs> in Rambo 3. <laughs>